now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. So this is John Waller's song called As For Me and My House. This is a pretty popular song from many, many years ago. Thought we would play this, the opening of this Friday night edition of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet and lovable host. There I am, Stacy Lynn Harp. That's me. So do me a favor, share the show out. I don't know if I can even share it out. It seems kind of like weird on, on a... I don't know what's going on on Periscope. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to try to share it anyway. See here. God wants here will show up, right, Mister? Like husband? That's right. And, uh, it's it's a weird night for tech. As soon as I log, I can't hear myself very well. You want me to turn your mic up? Probably. That'd be good. There we go. That's good. That's better. Um, as soon as I logged into our multicast service tonight, it connected to all the platforms, and I was like, "Wait, we're not ready to broadcast." You know, normally I have to turn them on individually, and then. Oh, YouTube is cooperating. Now, earlier it said that we were, that our encoder was transmitting faster than real time. <laughs> and, and it needed to be adjusted, but even though I'm not showing anything of them. I'm not showing anything live at all down there on YouTube. Are this, we live? Yes, this is live for two minutes and 43 seconds now, but I'm not showing any anything in the video window. Hmm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so weird. Well, I'm afraid that if I refresh it, then it's going to go back to the last title or something. But... That's okay. We'll listen to this song for a minute. <laughs> I think I'll try bringing up my phone and see what I see. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Periscope's weird too. It's like all of a sudden you can't share anything on Periscope. Okay. Okay, now I can. 
That's alright. We'll not give our hearts to another. We will not give our hearts to another. We belong to the Lord. We will not give our hearts to another. Will not give our hearts to another. We will only serve the Lord. That's right, people. Mm -hmm. That's right, people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, well, I don't see, I don't know who's watching or listening, can't see you. Uh, our text message service crashed about an hour ago, apparently. So nobody got our text messages either. Um, <laughs> I could have went on like three hours ago because I was kind of ready to. But uh, yeah, we were waiting for eight o'clock. Hello, DG Photo Magic. Okay, I see somebody on Periscope, but I don't see anybody anywhere else. Are we on Twitch? Okay. Because tomorrow night we have a live guest, and hopefully tomorrow night the technology will be working better than it appears appears to be working tonight. Working so, um, so yeah. I've got an echo here. You are. You do. So should I turn so, down my yeah. volume on my computer? Did that help? Yes. Okay. All right, good. Just did it. Nailed it. <clears throat> so tomorrow night, I have Craig Von Busick coming on the show. Craig is the author of a new book called I Am Cyrus. And it's not about Donald Trump either. No, it isn't. Um, it's actually a brand new book that he wrote. It was released, I think it was in April or August, no wait, yesterday, last month was, no, I think it was, I was, it was earlier this year. Anyway, he seems to be making a lot of the, the smaller media rounds. Uh, and anyway, he was on the 700 Club and a whole bunch of other places. But this is called The Epic Story, A Prophecy Fulfilled. I am Cyrus, Harry S. Truman, and the Rebirth of Israel. So tomorrow night, what we're going to do is we're going to interview him for the whole hour. And... It's going to be good. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be good. Did that guy you reported on improve and refund more people? Um, I, are you talking about the Robert Stern thing from three or four years ago? Um, I don't know. He gave me my money back. That's all I care about. Uh, I mean, other people, they need to follow up on that themselves. But anyway, um, so here's the thing. Yeah, I see you, Bareface. I see you. Yeah, I do. So anyway, so tomorrow night, very important interview. We're going to look at the epic story of Bible prophecy fulfilled with Israel and how Harry Truman uh, played a big, huge part in that. And so make sure you tune in tomorrow night at, at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be a great interview. It's really cool that I get people who are like on the, the 700 Club and, you know, big Christian media that has millions of dollars behind it. Uh, it's more intimate here. <laughs> at our show but it's cool and usually my interviews are a lot longer than you'll get there so uh yeah so that's that's one announcement uh the other announcement is make sure you subscribe to my email lists i always send out a recap of our show on that uh you can go to biblenewsradio.com and do that you can also sign up for our text message list by texting bible news to 33222 and if you watch the ticker below you'll see that You'll see all the stuff that you could do there. 
down below. Yeah, you are. You can even give to us at givesendgo.com forward slash Bible News Radio uh, if you want. Um, and so many other things. In fact, I should share with you. Uh, I have a question. Actually, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about some news. I, I pulled some headlines. But we're also going to talk about um, Acts chapter 4. Uh, because I think Acts chapter 4 is a pretty key chapter in the Bible for many reasons. Today is also national hashtag read a book day. And I know some people don't read, but whatever. There's, I think there's, I don't know. No, I think less, I don't think as many people read as they should. Uh, I am a reader. I've been a reader for years, actually, since I was three. Yes, readers are leaders, just so you know. So I am curious if you're listening live, uh, tell me what kind of books that you read. I see three people over on Twitch. So that's good. I don't know if anybody's on YouTube. Of course, I'm just kind of trying to kill some time just to see if our technology gets, gets... Okay, now I see that we're over there on YouTube. Okay. All right. I see a, a couple of people over there. So yeah, if you say hi over on YouTube, then I know who it is watching uh, and all that. But yeah, we have we have a couple of things. Okay, so Randall's there, Forrest is there, Annette is there. Nice to see you guys. You taught speed reading? Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I ordered my Bible, your Bible radio shirt. T- you did? Oh, that's nice. I don't even promote those either. So that's sweet that you did that. Yeah, you can get the Bible News Radio t-shirts on my, on my website. By the way, I'm wearing my sweet and lovable one right here. Sweet and lovable. That's, that's me. <laughs> Although debatable to some people that it's debatable to are the people that I set boundaries with and they don't like it. Oh, and now the message, the text message just comes out (laughs) 10 minutes after eight, but it was set to go out at 730. Just so you know, (laughs) that's hilarious. Uh, so Annette, because it says, uh, starting in 30 minutes. So people will show up at, uh, 840, 20. Yeah. But Annette, do me a favor. Once you get your shirt, you got to take your picture of yourself in it, and then I can share it with people. How's that? Okay? Because I'd love to see that. And by the way, I should say that uh, Ladies of Justice here, I wanted to do give this. This is a really nice mug that I had made. Um, and here's the other side, Ladies of Justice. Um, that, uh, you know, this morning I had, you know, going into my... Other sponsor, Legal Shield, aka Ladies of Justice, or Ladies of Justice, aka Legal Shield. Um, uh, I had two stories I heard today that need my service, and I just got to tell you, tell you, uh, um, it's a Tumblr. That's right. Um, I just have to tell you that if you're not a member of Legal Shield yet, you need to get to be one. I mean, I have a, I have a, a peep, I have a person um, here. Customer relations problems. If you if you have a contractor coming to your home and they're not doing the work they're supposed to, you need a lawyer. I mean, you need a lawyer on your side, and you can have one on your side for twenty five dollars a month. I mean, seriously. Um, and you know, I'll tell you something, and I'm not bragging here, but I'm gonna I am gonna share something good. You know, since I cut back Bible News Radio, I've had to work a lot more, and basically, my job, almost practically full time, is going out networking and um you know promoting the services of legal shield uh, and ladies of justice because what we have really matters 
and we're promoters of good stuff. You know, I'm trying to help people, people that normally wouldn't get help get help with my service. I mean, everybody can afford $25 a month. I don't care who you are. And if you say, oh, I can't afford 25 bucks a month, then I will tell you you're full of crap because everybody can afford 25 bucks a month. Most people are throwing $25 away on fast food junk or other crap that they don't need. And if you have cable TV and you're paying $100 a month for that, then you're full of crap that you can't afford 25 a month. I'm sorry if I'm being so blunt, but the reason I say that is because part of the reason this service is so important is because it is affordable and it helps people. And in the last 12 hours, I've had two people post, I know, right, Sean? <laughs> I've had two people post in our local Facebook group. One one was conned out of like 11,000 bucks from a contractor and another one was complaining about uh, not getting a fence completed. And I'm like, here's your answer. Legal Shield is your answer. You don't have to keep it. Get it for a month if you have to. Just get it for a month. Pay 25 bucks. Call the lawyer. Have the lawyer look at your situation. Tell you legally what they can do. Most of the time it's make a phone call or write a letter on your behalf and get your money back. You know, here's what I know. Companies. No company wants a letter from a lawyer. I know that for a fact. You get on customer service and you talk to the legal department in any big corporation, they're on it, right? And and in over a year of selling this product, what I can tell you is I've heard hundreds, maybe even a thousand stories at this point of how Legal Shield has helped people. And um, I mean, I just had one locally. I signed on a client. She, a single mother of three, a minority, I will add, and uh, she bought a new house, moved out of her apartment. The landlord, after she had it professionally cleaned, refused to give her back her cleaning deposit. A $1,500 a deposit, you know, and then they tried to bilk her out of more money. And I told her, I said, do you think it's worth $25 to sign up and get my lawyer to help you? She's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And within like two, two minutes, she signed up. And, um, and, and is getting the help now that she needs. It's, you know, and you get your will done. You all need your will done. If you don't have your will, you need to get that done. Um, so that's, that's legal shield. If it, traffic tickets, this is another funny one. In the last two weeks, I have had two friends of mine locally get a ticket. And I'm like, you need legal shield to help you with that. <laughs> Cause you know what? You might drive fine. But you know what? With all the people on their cell phones live streaming when they're driving, somebody's going to hit you. And guess what? When you have Legal Shield, you could tap the app and get a lawyer to help you out. So I'm just saying. And there's so much more. So, you know, if you haven't gotten in touch with me about Legal Shield yet, do it. ID Shield is, a, is our world class superior identity theft protection. You need to do that too. Get in touch with me about that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, do attorneys have power? Yes and no. What has what has <laughs> power is the threat of of lawsuit or going to court. Yep. And when somebody gets uh, a letter from attorney or phone call from attorney, uh, they know that you have an attorney, and going to court is the next step, which can be very costly. Um, hey you Jeff. Know, time, time, and money. And so usually things happen because you don't have to threaten lawsuit. Just the fact that people see you've got an attorney you know it's like 
okay, this right. this could go this could go south really fast. Let's <laughs> let's take care of this now. Well, not only that, with our service, just going back to Legal Shield, you sign up for our service, you begin to to accrue trial defense hours every month. You have our service up to five hundred hours, I think it is, or I think yeah, I think it's five hundred. Um, and think about that, okay? Just that alone, $250, $300, $400 an hour, depending on where you're at in the country for, an, for a lawyer. Let's say somebody hits you, they decide to sue you, and you've been a member of Legal Shield for a while. You have trial defense hours already paid for. And um, just your lawyer saying to their lawyer, oh, by the way, my client has 200 hours already paid for. What do you think is going to happen? I can already tell you what happened because I had a friend actually that happened to you and the other attorney said, oh, okay, we'll just settle instead of going through a suit because that person had 200, 200 hours of trial defense. You know, I mean, so, I mean, and those of you who are already members, that is why you don't want to quit because then you'll lose all that because you never know. I mean, we're a pretty litigious society, people. Yeah, we are. Do you know that Merritt Webb, Wilson, and Caruso, who happens to be their provider law firm here in Tennessee, takes in 504 calls a day on average? And that's just for Tennessee, uh, serving almost 24,000 people that have our membership here in Tennessee alone. We have over 9,000 practicing attorneys in the Legal Shield network nationwide. And your membership is a nationwide membership. You can use it anywhere in the country. And also Canada, uh, starting in October, will be completely, all of Canada will be covered. So so anyway, I'm just here to help, you know, point you in the direction. If you don't have your will, get Legal Shield. If you do have a will, get it updated, get Legal Shield. If you are uh, somebody who, you know, has these situations, especially if you're a family, a small family with children, you definitely need to get it. Older families need it to protect their parents, especially. I have it for my dad. And ID Shield, same thing. Identity theft protection, you definitely need it. In fact, today I did something really stupid. Um, <laughs> I'll share what I did, and then I will tell you why I'm happy I have ID Shield. Because <laughs> Earlier today, if you've been watching me on my personal Facebook, you know I like birds, and I found this really cool video. It's an eight-hour video of birds eating bird seed, and and really it was designed for cats, so the cat can watch the birds and go crazy trying to hit the bird, you know. Well, anyway, in this, there's some squirrels also that come up, and they get some of the sunflowers or whatever it is that they're eating. And anyway, this one squirrel is super cute. And the look on this squirrel's face when it when it got the bird seed, it, it looked at the camera. I think it startled itself, and it cracked me up. So I thought I would share that with some of my friends on Facebook. So I took my phone, and I'm videotaping the squirrel doing this. But I have my credit card, unbeknownst to me, sitting right there on my computer. And my credit card is, you know... The full number is in view. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I didn't notice it until after I published the stinking thing. So <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's my credit card. And it wasn't just one. It was two because I was doing some bill stuff. And <laughs> like, oh no. Uh, so yeah, I inadvertently put out my credit card number there on the internet. And uh, so then I deleted it. 
after I screenshot everybody who saw my stuff, because fortunately I knew everybody that saw it, not that many people did, so I was happy about that, but I was like, oh my gosh, you're a doofus. So, uh, yeah, I uh, just want to remind you, I have that credit card monitored with ID Shield, so if you try anything, just so you know, I'll be notified. <laughs> and I might just have to, you know, cancel the card anyway. And by the way, Randall said it's almost maxed out, so you're not going to get much anyway, just so you know, because it was his card. My bad. But anyway, enough about me. I hope that you guys... <laughs> Here's a tip. Whenever you do live streaming, make sure that you can see what's around you. And like, there's nothing like credit card visible. Okay. You won't use it, Sean? Okay, good. You won't get much. All right. So uh, we have a couple of stories I want to cover. Uh, but let me go ahead. Well, yeah, let's do the stories first. I, let's talk about Miami and the Muslim American Airlines mechanic that was charged with sabotaging an American Airlines plane. Did you guys hear about that? Um, yeah. It had, you know. Yeah, let's, let's just read the article. This is from jihadwatch.org. So it says here, relax, you greasy Islamophobe. This has nothing whatsoever to do with terrorism. How do we know that? Because the perpetrator, Abdul Mahid Marouf Ahmed Alani, tells us so. He said that his motive in tampering with the navigational system was because he was, quote, upset over stalled contract negotiations between the Mechanics Union and American Airlines that has raged for months that the, quote, dispute had affected him financially. Uh, will authorities accept that explanation at face value or investigate Abdul Mahid Marouf uh, Ahmed Alani further? The former is much more likely. <laughs> and will Abdul Mahid Marouf uh, Ahmed Alani lose his job? Don't count on it. American Airlines is decidedly pro-jihad, which is why I will never like fly American Airlines if I have if I can avoid American. I will. But anyway, it says here. American Airlines mechanic in Miami charged with sabotaging plane. It aborted takeoff by Jay Weaver of the Miami Herald, September 5th, which was yesterday. <clears throat> it says this. An American Airlines jet navigation system was disabled by a Miami mechanic disgruntled over stalled contract ne negotiations, according to federal charges. An American Airlines mechanic was arrested Thursday on a sabotage charge, accusing him of disabling a navigation system on a flight with 150 people aboard before it was scheduled to take off from Miami International Airport earlier this summer. The reason, according to a criminal complaint affidavit filed in Miami Federal Court, was that Abdul Mahid, I don't even know if I'm saying his knife, Maruf Ahmed Alani, a veteran employee, was upset over stalled union contract negotiations None of the passengers and crew on the flight to Nassau were injured because the tampering with the so-called air data module caused an error alert as the pilots um, powered up the plane's engines on the runway July 17th, according to a criminal complaint affidavit filed in Miami Federal Court. As a result, flight number 2834 was aborted <clears throat> and taken out of service for routine maintenance at America's hangar at MIA, which is when the tampering with the ADM system was discovered during an inspection. An AA mechanic found a loosely connected tube in front of the nose gear underneath the cockpit that had been deliberately obstructed with some sort of hard foam material. Alani is charged with willfully damaging, destroying, or disabling an aircraft and is expected to have his first appearance in Miami Federal Court on Friday. 
I think that was yesterday. I mean today. That must have been today. According to the complaint filed Thursday, Alani glued the foam inside the tube leading from outside the plane to its air data module, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about how he did it. And neither do you. You just... So I'm just curious. Like, if this was a Christian American Airlines mechanic that decided to sabotage a plane just just because he was disgruntled, um, do you think that it would be reported like with this little tap like this like oh it's no big deal you know he's not really a terrorist he's just a disgruntled employee he needs like some mental help mental help or if it was let's say a gay uh you know american airlines disgruntled employee do you think that that they would highlight that and and all of a sudden the whole gay community would be considered terrorists, rotten people, and just disgruntled and that they probably need therapy or something. We're gonna look we're gonna talk about that in a minute too. I don't know. I I tend to lean toward the domestic terrorism thing. I mean, here's the thing, Muhammad Ali or whatever your name is, Muhammad Jihadi or Jahudi, whatever. If if you're upset about it's it's Majid Maruf Ahmed Alani. Okay, what bareface said? Probably more like Majid Maruf Ahmed Alani. If it's oh, I'm sorry, I missed the Abdul Abdul Majid Maruf Abdul. Yes, Abdul Majid Maruf Ahmed Alani. Why can't these people just have nice, easy names to say? Well, anyway, well, if he was he if he was like tech support line for some software, he would. Be like be Kevin, yeah, or Kevin, John. yeah, something like that. Never bareface. No. Yeah. Well, anyway, th so the point is, the point, the point is, is that we are not allowed to say that he is a Muslim extremist terrorist who wanted to destroy and cause domestic terrorism on American Airlines, trying to with a hundred and fifty people on board. We are not allowed to say that. That is politically incorrect. People, don't ever say that. But honestly, I think that's kind of what it is because normal people who aren't jihadists uh, don't tamper with stuff like that. And they would go like to, let's say, human resources <laughs> and let's say discuss the problem. Or if they have a problem with anger, they might go to therapy and say, you know, I have a problem with anger. And I'm really mad that this dispute hasn't settled yet because it's impacting my money. Now, do you really think that his his paycheck, do, do you think they're going to not pay him for a while now? Or do you think he'll get back pay? You know, wait, wait, hold on while he's like trying to send a message. <laughs> I guess it depends on what's in the employee handbook, whether or not you, you know, whether uh, criminal trial hours are paid. <laughs> you know, I I worked for an employer once where jury time was paid. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, I forget how long, as long as you work so many, put in so many hours a week or something, or then, then there was no cap on the jury time, which was unfortunate because I would have rather have worked. Hey, Barb. Than... Anyway. Well... It was, it was a great experience on a jury. Anyway, that's completely on a whole nother tangent. But 
yeah, maybe American Airlines, um, you know, criminal trial time is paid if you're a defendant. Sean says, well, let's call it domestic terrorism or maybe workplace violence, depending on if he's in a good union. That would probably have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. By the way, thanks for the hearts on Periscope. I can feel the love right now. Yeah, I can. All right. Do you want to do the graphics for the the homosexual counseling? Um, Or do you want to do the other story first? Do the other story. Okay. So this other story I pulled up. um, I pulled this up because if you've been in the church for any length of time, then you understand that there is always a worship war in church. Now, according to this new article over on the Christian Compost website, most churches have stopped battling the worship wars, according to Lifeway. Uh, so listen to this. I don't know how long. This is probably not that long. It says here, most congregations in the United States have moved, moved past debating over music selections and styles of worship, often called the worship wars, according to a new report by Lifeway Research. Lifeway Research reported Wednesday that only 15% of Protestant pastors listed their congregation's preferences in music as being their biggest challenge. Pastors who oversaw congregations with fewer than 50 regular attendees were the least likely to report navigating music preferences as their biggest challenge, probably because 50 people have agreed on whatever it is that they're playing. Additionally, LifeWay found that 92% of pastors reported mutual respect between themselves and their worship leader, with 71% responding that they collaborate a lot on worship planning. LifeWay report. Also cited research from last year, which only found that only 5% of Protestant church goers would change churches if the musical style changed. I'm glad to This is a that. huge difference because, look, in the 80s and the 90s, primarily the 90s, really, the 90s going into the early 2000s, man, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm done reading this. The worship song wars, oh my gosh, that was... Like, all you would hear about, well, I went to church, and this church, their worship isn't good for me. And I don't like how their worship is. I'm going to go to another church until I found out the worship. Well, here's the thing. This is what I think. I think that because most churches now have flipped over to the more contemporary worship praise music, I think that's why. I don't think there's much competition with hymns anymore. That's my, that's my personal thought. I don't know. What do you think, Bareface? Um, this is what I think. I think <sighs> that maybe that's it. That, um, you know, they're primarily all kind of, well, you know, yeah, they made the move to contemporary stuff and the feel good stuff. And since that's where sermons have gone as well. Where and this is the pessimistic interpretation, okay. where where churches are more about a, a feel good club. It's a it's a social gathering. Then it's right. it's, it's no longer a concern because they're most on the same page. Right. They're there to have an experience, an emotional experience, and and the music provides that, and so it's not a concern anymore. The optimistic part of me would like to believe that. As, as, you know, there is this falling away, there is this apostasy in Christendom at large, that true believers are 
thinking, you know, music, who cares what the music is? That's not the essential thing, and we're not concerned about that anymore. I'm hoping it's the latter. Like I said, I would like to believe it's the latter, but... Well, that's kind of where I come from. That's good. I mean, the church that we're at, I, you know, I didn't agree to go to that church because of anything, really. Um, um, God, I think, put us there on purpose. Yeah, he did. Anyway... <laughs> I, you know, is it my ideal form of worship? Actually, no, it really isn't. I think the worship is, eh. I mean, as far as, as far as an experience trying to lead you into the whole contemporary, let's, let's, let's raise our hands and, you know, and blah, blah, et cetera. And the charismatic, I mean, I'm very is, charismatic. It's Worship just that, is a way of life. It's right. It's not a, it's not an event or a. Right. But if you want to fall into the the worship leader type thingy there are way better churches in this area that yeah. that do a much better performance service than ours yeah. <laughs> ours is like open up your hymn book people it's That's page great. 538 and then i'm like okay wait can i read this and you know i grew up kind of with hymns i like hymns i especially likes him <laughs> anyway Really? No humor here, people. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I also think that there's greater issues that are impacting the church today, and here's what mm -hmm. I was going to say. I was going to say it's not so much the worship music anymore, because cause I think that a lot of that really is influenced more by the world than actually the Lord. Um, I think the bigger issue is the social justice issues in the church, the promotion of homosexuality versus uh, other crap, you know, that isn't biblical. I think all of those issues have taken more of a forefront in the church than the whole worship music thing. That's my opinion for what it's worth. I don't know much, but that's what I think. You could agree or disagree. You can weigh in in the comment. Let me know what you think. Because, uh, you know, I'd like to hear what you think. All right. So I was on Facebook today and this ad came up and I read this. I blocked off the name of the counseling center so that you can't see it because um, I don't want to give these scoundrels any promotion. But, but look at this. Look at this ad. It says here, finding a therapist who gets it is important. LGBTQIA poly and kink competent. Now, I think that this is interesting, especially as a therapist. As far as I know, there are no classes on how to become kink competent as a therapist. But here's actually what the ad said. Let's see here. I'm going to try to find it. I know I have it right here. Yeah, here it is. All right. It says here, being a part of the LGBTQ plus community can sometimes feel like an obstacle toward finding health care in and of itself, not just for your body, but for your mind as it's often difficult to find providers who are not just affirming, but simply LGBTQ plus competent at all. LGBTQ plus people experience mental health disorders such as major depression, anxiety disorders, and bipolar three times as often as the rest of the population. These issues are then magnified if a person experiences other marginalized identities. <clears throat> Here at Blah Blah Center, we are not only affirming, but competent. We are trained and experienced in working with this underserved population. Whether you are seeking therapy for coming out, transitioning, or something completely outside the LGBTQ plus realm, we understand and are here for you. We would love to help you on your journey. And then there's a gazillion hashtags for it. And uh, anyway, 
So did you see the one thing in there that it said? I know Bareface noticed it right off. You saw it, right? I certainly saw it. It's hard to miss. It says LGBTQ plus people experience mental health disorders such as major depression, anxiety disorders, and bipolar. Three times as often as the rest of the population. Now, Get a clue. I, I have a question. Okay. If, if uh, you know, your gender isn't because of your brain or your body, blah, blah, etc. Then why does this population that has been, that has forced acceptance into our culture for the last 30 years in particular, why are they suffering three times more than every everybody else? Bareface? Well, because it's, I, well, those things, um, let's see, let me look at the list again. Um, Major depression. Major depression, anxiety, bipolar. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's because I think it's, uh, well, it's it's because of guilt. It's because of dysphoria. They would call it gender dysphoria, but the reason it's dysphoric, that is, it's not euphoric, it's dysphoric. It doesn't feel right because it's not right. Um and i'm not i want to be i want to be sympathetic and and i am i'm sympathetic concerned these when when you've got and when you're in such a state a mental state that you don't feel like you belong in your body whether you think you're you know whatever something other than what you are something not reality mm -hmm. and that's going to be a dysphoric state. And that's something that isn't going to be fixed with radical cosmetic surgery. Because, as you're fond of saying, wherever you go, there you are. You're <laughs> yep. The soul is still the soul. You know, the, the mind is still the mind. And, and there are plenty of testimonies that um, will confirm that radical cosmetic surgery is not the solution. Yep. Sex regret, sex change regret, no more.com, I think is. There's a sex change regret. Sex change regret.com. Oh, yeah. You can go to there and you can look at Walt Heyer's work and, and who, who pretended he was a woman for a long time. Barb says, no matter what anyone says, almost all honest people know that this is not good. Right. Yeah. But our culture has been bullied into, quote, so-called acceptance and these people are not getting any better. And and you know the thing that, that bothers me is like I had um, um, Darren and Rhoda Mel on the show last week, right? They shared their testimony. And over on YouTube, you know, a whole bunch of people saw it. I think it's getting close. It's creeping up on 100 views. I think it's like 80 something at the moment or something like that. And of course, some people went and thumbs downed it. Why I don't know. Well, actually, I do know. They they, they, thumbs, you know. they thumbs downed it because, you know, they don't like the fact that they got help. And and what bothers me is that this political entity called the LGBT lobby has Plus. now sanctioned that youth 
18 and under cannot get help for unwanted same-sex attraction or anything else for that matter. Um, they have banned it in 37 states, I think. They're working on all 50. Um, and this was part of what they said, the Human uh, Rights Campaign, a.k.a. the Homosexual Rights Campaign. Um, they made a point when uh, Oberfeld became law of the land, which by the Supreme Court's fiat, not by people's fiat, when, when they legitimized homosexual marriage in America and basically said this is the way it is, I remember watching C-SPAN that day and the human rights campaign president said, don't worry, in a couple of years we will have every state in our pocket and they will do exactly what they're doing and they're targeting the kids on purpose. Uh, oh. They don't want people to get help right? Um, and they, got, they make them wait till they're older um, which by then they're drug addicted and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just sad. Yep, before their minds are fully developed, while they're impressionable, I mean, that's the time to, you know, whatever your, whatever your, you know, agenda is, that's the, you know, that's the time to impress. If you want to transform a culture, get the youth. Right, and look at the suicide rates. Barb's saying no matter, um, people die prematurely, things are getting more and more absurd. Well, yeah, so let me ask you this. Why, and I was talking to somebody about this this week, why is the suicide rate like gazillions of times higher now than it was 20 years ago? More people are on psychotropic medication, number one, that's why. Number two, they're sanctioning things that are abnormal that people know in their conscience that they can't live with it's not because so many guns exist it's because they're trying they banned guns they're trying to ban guns and everything else all the so-called stuff they they don't want people to be healed and the devil who's really good at his job he knows how to freak people out um he comes to kill steal and destroy he's nobody's friend um and he's behind it which is why tonight i want to look at acts chapter four because Earlier this week, I was reading in uh, Acts chapter 4, and it really spoke to my heart. And I, as I was thinking about our show tonight, um, I thought that we would do good to learn from Peter. Yes, this is live, Scott. Scott, is that how you say UFO man? Uh, premarital sex was the first domino. Um yeah, it probably, I don't know if it was the first domino, but, you know, the point is, is that, <laughs> you know, you, you ban God's word, what the heck do you expect? Hello, people. You know, you, you ban God's word, you take prayer out of school, schools, you take, rip down the Ten Commandments, you know, you, you do all the things that our generation before us tried to advocate for. Of course, in the 60s, my parents' generations, it was like that free whole love thing. You do that, you reap what you sow, you know? Yeah, I think it's right with the premarital sex. I'm going to go back to the 70s, I guess it was, with Three's Company. You, yeah. know, of, uh, you know, whereas living together, shacking up was already fairly common among younger people and and older immature people <laughs> um you know chronologically older but right. emotionally mature but it was remember you know it was the older people it was the seniors you know the the landlord that saw 
um, you know, cohabitation of unwed people, the opposite sex, as impermissible. And, you know, that was, oh, that's so old-fashioned, you know, because it was all, that was already accepted, but, but the way that it was allowed, oh, it's okay, because this guy's gay, the male roommate is gay. It's like, well, okay, well, then nothing's going to happen, you know, it's going to not be any hanky-panky in this apartment, you know, with these, you know, one man and two women. And... And then it was, you know, it was a joke then. It wasn't a deplorable thing. It was a joke thing then. That's, you know, it's mm-hmm. the, it was the, it was the abandonment of the taboo of cohabitation, you know, premarital sex. Right. That was already falling, was already accepted amongst, you know, younger people. Oh, yeah. My mom, I was born out of wedlock, people, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I was. And um, so that laid way to, you know, uh, homosexuality. It's a funny thing. And right. It's a comedy thing. And then, yeah. But, you know, it, it's the law of diminishing returns. Right. We'll get to the scripture. You know, because, you know. Well, there's uh, a couple Barb of comments was, coming in here, Okay, Barbara's saying is, you know, things are getting stranger all the time. Yeah, because you, it doesn't stop with, oh, well, now, you know, same-sex marriage is legal throughout the land. Everybody should be, things should be settled down. No, then we got to push a transgender thing, the, you know, the polyamory thing. We got, uh, we got, uh, you know, trans thing and we got weirder thing. I don't know even know what kink is, but this counseling center is kink <laughs> competent. I remember we used to be kinky, but I don't know it was kink. You know, in the alphabet soup and the sexual anarchy. Mer- I tried movement. to tell them people what it was, but, you know, what you do I know? You don't know. I don't know, but I have an it's idea. It's probably, probably a good thing that we don't know. Yeah. But, can I yeah. Read, can, I, can I read the comments? But yeah, it's, just, it's just, just pushing the, you know, proverbial envelope. Is it, well, this isn't, this isn't rebellious anymore because <sighs> people have gone ho-hum. You know, it's okay. It's old news. And so it's just, you know, getting weirder and weirder to... Supply that that rebellious, you know, nature. Anyway, back to you, Stacey Lane. Back to me, people. After all, I'm the star, not him. Okay. If I had a mute button. <laughs> Actually, I do. It's called his microphone. I can turn it down. I have it over here. <laughs> of course, he can actually shut my camera off if he wanted, you know, whatever. This is marriage. At its best and finest. Okay, so Barb, or WD says, uh, premarital sex destroys one's ability to pair bond with their spouse. This increased divorce rate, and it causes the next generation to start off on poor footing. Then Barb says, almost all trauma disorders cause suicidal thoughts. It is a form of trauma. And then WD says, not that sex is about pair bonding, but it is important. I agree with you, Barb, just so you know. Okay, and then over on... Periscope, um, there's some questions that came in. Are you a Christian book author or a radio host? Well, I'm not a radio host at all, really. <laughs> Bible News Radio is, is really a, it's a fake name, people. We're on live streaming on the internet. I'm not on radio. <laughs> I used to be on blog talk radio, though, which is on the internet, so that's why we put radio in our name. And yes, I'm an author. Um yeah, Bible News Radio came before the video live streaming. Right. And then somebody says, where in the Bible is marriage required? Um, okay. <laughs> I should tell you how to go look it up yourself. 
and then I don't know what this other stuff means. You know, y'all are clueless. You sound super ignorant, guy. And then Scott says, well, he's not ignorant. The left side is ignorant. Everyone is truly the middle. LGBT needs to get out of America and take over the Middle East. Well, they're killed in the Middle East. That's the problem. They get into Muslim countries, the Muslims hang them, you know. But no, we don't want to talk about that because that's not right, you know. I mean, it's not right. They shouldn't be doing that. But anyway. All right. So with that said, let's look at Acts chapter 4. Seriously, if you have your Bible, get it out. Okay, I want you to read it. And I want you to read this after the fact as well. Um, and I really want you to uh, pay attention to this chapter. This is an amazing chapter of God's Word. Um, and let's let's read it, beginning in verse 1. Are you going to read 77 or 95? Uh, I gave you the link to whatever this is. Uh, Did but... you take the link? I don't see 77 on this one. Well, that's what your printed scripture is. Um, Isn't I it? figured that's what... Okay. Well, I'll, I'm not reading from the printed. I'm reading from what's on the screen. Well, well pick the 77 because that's what I've got on the screen. Uh, how do I do that in here then? In the upper left, it'll show whether it's the 77 edition or 95 edition. Yes. Uh, oh, nine, okay. You want me 77? Okay. Hold on. Okay. Now I'm in the 77. Okay. My husband... He's the best. What can I say? All right. It says here, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up upon them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Let's just give you a little context. Peter and John were the ones, the disciples, they were teaching the people. This is who they're talking about in the context of this. If you read the first three chapters of Acts, you'll get kind of more of the history of the church here. And here, it's the fourth book, not the 44th. Um, okay, so here is... Um, real powerful thing. First of all, think about it. They, these disciples were speaking to people, priests, temple guard, Sadducees. Okay. And all these people were having a problem with it. Okay. And what were they doing? They were proclaiming Jesus's resurrection from the dead. Okay. Gotcha. And this is great. That's what the disciples were proclaiming, the resurrection of Christ. So what they do, they laid hands on them. They threw them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. That's like a huge, massive, like that's a revival meeting there, man. That's like an evangelistic harvest crusade. <laughs> Even they did better than harvest does. Uh, 5,000 people, that's huge. That's a massive conversion there. So it came about on the next day that their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, the, John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. And when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Of course, I, I picture them saying, by what power and what, and, and, you know, what name have you done this? It wasn't really a sweet thing. I don't think that they were saying it with that tone. I think they were kind of ticked off. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, by the way, the, the backstory is that Peter um, healed a guy who was, I believe, 40 years old that had been brought up to the gate beautiful and he had been begging alms for all this time. And he, Peter said, hey, I don't have the money basically to, to give you, to help you. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus, stand up and be healed is basically what he said. I know it's probably not the exact words, but that's basically the gist. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders, of the people if we're on trial for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well let it be known to all of you and to all the people of israel by the name of jesus christ the nazarene who you crucified whom god god raised from the dead by this name this man stands here before you in good health okay now there's a couple things here that really stood out to me about this, which I'm getting all gesticular here. Um, number one, Peter was defending, he was thrown in jail for a good act, okay? And I believe, with all my heart, people, that as the days get darker all over the world for Christians, that the things that we're persecuted for are doing good acts, good deeds, the promotion of Jesus, the real one, not the fake one that's out there masquerading as the real Christ in churches. Um, Peter had a boldness about him when he did this. And he gives the glory to Christ himself alone, unlike other people, which we'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, picking up on verse 11, Peter goes on to say, he is the stone referring to Christ which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the very cornerstone. And there is salvation and no one else. And there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, we usually take that verse, verse 12, Acts 4, 12 out of context. It's really fun to do that. We can just take it out and we can proclaim this. And it's true. We can take it out of context and we can use it and share with people that Jesus is the name, uh, you know, no other name under heaven except his is the one by which we must be saved. It's true. But in the context, it's very important because he's, he's rebuking the leadership there. Um, and so P Peter goes on to say, now as they observe the confidence of Peter and John, note that the confidence of Peter and John, think about that just for a minute. Because I think what happens today in a lot of the false teachers that are popular today, it's not confidence that they promote. It's charismatic personalities that they promote. It's not true confidence because here's what I know. You cannot be truly confident unless you're willing to stand for something that the culture doesn't agree with, right? Now, me, I'm, I am very confident. Um, I have a lot of insecurities as well. But when it comes to my faith, I'm 100% confident that what's written in that book is true. And I will defend it to the day that I die or God raptures me. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's important to make that distinction between confidence and just 
charismatic, you know, or charisma. Um, you know, because when you well, because when you think about you know uh, confiding in someone, Uh and we could it's from a Latin root con with fide, you know, uh, you know, trust or truth. Anyway, when you but when you think about it, when you confide in someone, you're trusting in that person. You confide them with your you know your dark secrets, whatever. Is it you know? Can I? Can I tell you something? Can I trust you? Anyway, you can find your... Can I fight in you, bareface? Yeah, you're putting your trust in someone someone else. And having confidence means you're having trust in something. You're, there's this fidelity with uh, someone or something. And so observe the confidence of Peter and John. They had trust with, they had trust in the Messiah himself and, and the, the gospel uh, it's not like they had a just a charismatic personality. You know, they came off with big personalities. Doesn't say that they deserve the confidence of Peter and John. So yeah, yeah, very very astute, and I'm I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Huge difference between being charismatic and being confident. Thank you. Back to you. Well, this is why I love my husband because he is he affirms me. You know. I love that. Okay, so verse 13. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Hence the confidence. Amen. And you know what? Here's the thing, you guys. You know, think about this. Are you aware that the majority... Uh, followers of Jesus in the world did not have even a minute amount of Bible teaching material, scripture, Bible study materials, worship music, uh, theology training, anything. I mean, the majority of the church worldwide of Christians don't have 99% of what you have if you're an American or you're in the Western world somehow in a developed country. Right. So me as a woman, not only with a master's degree, highly educated among the population of women in the world, but also 36 years of Bible reading under my belt and study with a lot of books I've read. I have way more education than the overwhelming majority of pastors in the world. Right. That doesn't matter, though. What matters is that the pastors, if they're real followers of Christ, if they have God's word, that's all they need, right? And so, it, it, you know, people knew that Peter and John were fishermen, right? They knew that Peter was an expert guy, you know, he was probably the head fisherman dude, you know, and um, they, they knew that he didn't go to theology school. He wasn't a Pharisee or a Sadducee, you know, lucky for him, <laughs> uh, you know, and so, They were, quote, uneducated, if you will. Um, They were untrained. But the, the observers were marveling and they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them. 
They had nothing to say in reply. And see, this honestly is the response of the unbelieving world and those in the church who are not real believers, because when they see the power of God that's actually been done and they see a real conversion and they see people really living the gospel life the way that Jesus can conform and change a person, they can't say anything about your testimony. They, 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 they might want to deny it, but they usually don't say anything because they can't. The evidence is there. You can't, like for me, for example, my background, I had serious, 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 serious trauma in my life. Sexual abuse, very severe emotional abuse, etc. blah, blah, blah. Dealt horribly with massive anxiety. Drugged up for years. You know, tons of stuff. Right? And I give God the glory and the credit for making me the woman of God that I am today without no drugs in my system for mental issues, uh, helping me overcome anxiety issues and stuff like that. Doesn't mean that I don't get nervous sometimes and deal with stupid things, but I'm not paralyzed by it like I used to be. And I give God the glory for that because he's the one that touched me, delivered me and gave me the confidence to do the things that I do. You know, and nobody can argue with me about that because it's my testimony and it's true. And that's the number one thing that you can use to share with people is your testimony. And I know some people like to go be all cute. You know, the test that you're in is your testimony or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. But only if you give God the glory, right? Um, and that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> with people. But anyway, I'll go on here. Um, so in verse 15, but when they had ordered them to go aside out of the council, they began to confer with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. Now, I don't know about you people, but do you think that our culture today is trying to tell us to not talk about Jesus anymore? Uh, the answer is yes, just so you know. And, and have you noticed that so many churches today don't say Jesus's name because they don't want to, they don't want to offend anybody. You watch some of these big wig Christian celebrities go on radio tours or on TV they won't say Jesus's name because it offends people when they don't want to offend anybody. But you know what? They're doing exactly, you know, they're bowing to the culture and they're like, I ain't going to say anything about Jesus because that's what they want. They don't want you to say Jesus's name. Self-censorship. Mm -hmm. But listen to this. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in sight of God to give heed to you or rather to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. And when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which they, they might punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So, you want to say something? I just want to put the right uh, reference up there. Okay. <laughs> Hello, people. <laughs> All right, so here's the guy who's 40 years old. He got completely healed. Everybody knew who he was, you know, um, and the people were glorifying God, but the religious leaders and the people, the rulers, 
didn't like uh, the fact that this was going on. So they're basically trying to tell him to shut up. Don't be talking about this. But Peter and John were like, hey, you know what? Essentially, we must obey God rather than man. We're not going to stop speaking about what, these things that we have seen and we heard. Now, keep in mind, they hung out with Jesus after he was resurrected, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was having a conversation with Jesus after he died and came back to life and he was hanging out with me, eating with me, you know, uh, telling me stories, walking through walls, appearing to, to everybody, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> I, don't, I would be kind of having a hard time not talking about it because uh, it would just be really hard not to, to talk about it, right? So, um, so. Verse 23, and when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God uh, with one accord and said, O Lord, it is thou who did make the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, thy servant, did say, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against thy holy servant, Jesus, whom thou did anoint with Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever thy hand and thy purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence, while thou dost extend thy hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all, for there was not a needy person among them for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles feet and they would be distributed to each as any had need. And Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means sons of encouragement and who owned attractive land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. Now, of course, there's a lot in here. <laughs> But what I, what's really, the reason I want to share this story with you is because of the confidence and the boldness with which these disciples stood in the midst of their religious culture of the day and the secular culture of the day. They were persecuted by the religious culture and thrown in jail, but it was promoted and got the stamp of approval by the secular culture. And this same thing is happening today. You know what I mean? This same thing is happening today. Because if you begin to stand up for what's right in the church of God, and you begin to speak out the things that are going on in the culture that, that are an abomination to God, 
or you dare begin to, to stand up for the Ten Commandments and the principles of God, you begin to talk about the resurrection of Christ among believers in the church, you will be persecuted. And those people will then say, well, this is what the culture says. You can't say this. You can't talk about this. You can't use the word homosexual. You need to use the word gay. In fact, you can't even say that because you just have to accept it, right? We're, we're not going to hire you if you're a bigot, you know, we're, we're not going to let you post stuff on Facebook because it's censorship because you're a hater. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're an Islamophobe, you know, all of that is going on in our culture and yet what God honors is his people who stand with confidence and boldness. You know, at the end of this show, God laid on my heart a couple of years back, the tagline, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. I mean it, right? Um, you know, I can tell you I've stood in, in, <laughs> in groups, classrooms. Uh, I've been the only one sometimes standing up and saying, uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and you know what? Every single time God has honored it and blessed it. And usually it's because, well, it's because God is good, but it's also because I, because I know, I know the truth, right? And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, Barb says, note the name bond servant. That means a lot that separates the men from the boys. It does. It does. And that's the thing. It, in that day, bond servants were, um, you know, they had their ears pierced, right? And that would be a sign of that dedication to the slave owner of that day. For us to call Christ our Lord and Master, actually, you know, and subject ourselves to, quote, our Lord and Master, that says a lot because we do what our Lord and Master tells us to do. He has the power to punish us, to kill us, right? Um, but people today as Christians, they don't look at God that way. They look at him as their BFF, buddy, his homie, you know, the big guy in the sky. I mean, they have a complete disregard for who he is, right? I mean, Jesus rose from the dead. You can't tell me any other religious, religious leader in the world ever did that. Where are they if they did? I mean, um... So, Randall, do you have any thoughts? I'm done now. <laughs> he's he's back. Yeah, I just I just concur with uh, all of that. That um, you know, just as as the religious leaders observe the confidence of Peter and John, it's it's having that confidence. If you know what you believe and why, I as Paul says, I knew I know in whom I have believed. Right. You know, and that's that's important. It's it's not a what, so it's a whom, and if if you know, uh, you know, part of being a disciple of the Messiah of the Christ is is knowing Him and making Him known. I mean, it's what it boils right. down to. And as you get to know Him, you have confidence in Him. And that's, you know, and that's the game changer. Instead of being an addition to your life, which uh, can sound judgmental again, but, um, you know, in Christendom, I'm not going to say Christianity, or I would say biblical Christianity to separate it from uh, what we see a lot in Christendom. There's this sort of... Um, 
formula that you know Jesus comes into your life and and your life goes on as it was pretty much but you know he's an addition to your life just like getting a new car or you know or some new clothes or whatever it's an enhancement you know like Jesus is an enhancement and and when we read his words you know unless you know unless you t- take up your cross <clears throat> And follow after me, you are unfit to be my disciple. I mean, that was before he went to the cross. They didn't have some meta right. metaphorical image of a cross as jewelry that you wear or anything like that. When he said, take up your cross and follow, that meant one thing to them. Yeah. And Be willing to die is what it means. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, consider you, you have you have a death sentence on your life as you knew it. You know, you you got to, instead of enhancing your life with me, you've got to be ready to drop that and, you know, take up your cross and follow me. Consider yourself dead. And, in fact, you know, they so much they understood that, that when he went to the cross, they, of course, fled and were in hiding. Why? Because they figured that was the next step for them. And it was for some of them. Indeed, it was. For some of them. But. Anyway. The, the resurrection makes. All the difference. All the difference. In in history in the world. I just had flowing through my mind. the uh, That Petra song. Um, I don't know. Um, what the title of the song is. But he came. He saw. He conquered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where um, he came, he saw, he, he conquered death, death and hell. hell. Yeah, he yeah. came, he but saw, there's, but there's he that is that line alive in there. and well. Yeah, he was, he is. There, in, oh, there's yeah. that verse. Um, something like the doors were locked, they heard a knocking, they were afraid they would be taken too. Mm. So, a familiar voice said, Come and follow, come and see the things the Lord can do. They went to where he laid the stone was rolled away right he lives you know he lives he came he saw he conquered death and hell he he lived he died he wasn't alive, was alive or something right. like that anyway yeah but well but yeah. yeah they they really got it and and most of them went to their death because of the message they proclaimed but they didn't do so with with fear and you know intrepidation and they they went with confidence just like they appeared because they know and knew in whom they had believed and yeah anyway. yeah so that you know so that's the message that is on my heart right um just like i talk about legal shield and I talk about the benefits of having this legal protection and identity theft protection. And I talk about it with confidence because I know, because I've heard the stories. And I mean, and there's, I have a website like with 200 testimonies of just, you know, the service. I could talk about this for hours, right? I have that confidence. The only way that you're going to have confidence in your faith is if you spend time with the one with whom you believe, right? Um, 
I could sit here and probably talk for your ear off and tell you all the great things God has done in my life. I mean, I could tell you story after story of how God, like, answered prayer, um, you know, you know, just did stuff in my life. Um, little miracles here and there. I mean, just weird things that you would not ever expect. You know, I've shared with you the feminine pad coupon story, you know. I mean, that to me is one of the funniest things God ever did in my life. Um, and, you know, I could tell you stories about how God got me into college and, you know, paying off my student loans and, you know, other stuff. It just, there is no excuse. How Ariel Ministries became our sponsor, actually. By the way, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor, at least till the end of the year. And so if you have not yet supported Ariel or gotten anything from Ariel.org, make sure you do that. Go over to um, Ariel.org. Use that coupon code, Bible News, and you can save 20%. And I would do this before the end of the year because uh, I'm not sure if they're going to continue into next year. I hope they do, but I don't know. And what I can tell you is that, you know, God will provide either way. But if you have not read Israelology, the missing link in systematic theology, you're not alone. <laughs> if but you, you can get the abridged version. You can, and it's it's not hard to read if you take the time to do it. Um, they got a gazillion Bible studies. Um, this is theologically solid stuff. You know, you can't not get it because it's great. Yeah, and you may look at that, you know, from a you know messianic Jewish perspective. What's well, what was what, what messianic Jewish perspective? What's why is that a deal? Well, <laughs> because that is the deal. The Bible is a book written by Jewish authors, Old Testament and New Testament. What about Luke? Wasn't he? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Nowhere does it say. Actually, that, Luke was Jewish. Yeah. And most people think he was a Greek, but he was Jewish. If you if you listen to what, how Arnold teaches it and other people, turns out Luke was Jewish. Everybody always says he was a Gentile, but he wasn't. He was a Jewish doctor. You know, what advantage then is being a Jew? Much in every way, because to them were committed the oracles of God. From Romans chapter 3. Um, anyway, his chosen people for that that purpose to receive the oracles of God and to be the people from which the Messiah, through which the Messiah came. Anyway, but if if you don't have the Messianic Jewish perspective, perspective, then then you're uh, it went through my head. Then that's all I ever hear when you say it that way. Then then you're miss you're missing you're missing out on pretty much everything. I mean, past, present, and future. That's that's what that book. I'm trying to think of the abridged version of it. Um, um, oh, come on. I'm, so it happens when you get your as old as you are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to store. I'm going to go to new items here. That's what it is. Um, can I? Well, I don't have really a... But anyway, Good. what the Bible teaches about... Israel, past, present, and future is an abridged version of Israelology, the missing link in systematic okay. theology. You know what I should, I don't think it's on our resources page. Might want to add it. They haven't actually told us what to put on the resources page in a while. So. But I'm definitely putting it, because I've been, I've been reading it, uh-huh. and man, it's, it's, 
Yeah. And that's the thing. No Everybody thinks Bi- Bareface is such a biblical scholar, but it's because he reads people like Arnold, yeah, who is you know a real that... biblical scholar. I mean, not that Bareface isn't, but just yeah. saying. I mean, I, I don't read a lot of books, but the question come up in some context, you know, what, what author have you read more than any other author? And I'm thinking, well, I've read some sci-fi books, and I've read a lot of H.G. Wells books, you know, mm-hmm. Time Machine, Invisible Man, War of the Worlds. I think this is the three I wrote, and I and I read some Heinlein books, elementary school, and then I just started numbering the books, and I've read more by Doctor Fruchtenbaum than any other author. So, for what that's worth. Oy vey! No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> All right, so that's good. Uh, what else was I going to tell you? Oh yeah, Ariel Ministries. Okay, if you want to be a pillar of our community, that means just donate to us once a month. You're a pillar. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you can do that over at biblenewsradio.com and just do that just do it you know feel free um and i think that's it pretty much as far as the sponsor section of the show goes um tomorrow though don't forget tomorrow night we are having a wonderful awesome guest on the show uh he's appeared on the 700 club as well as other more famous christian shows and he is Dr. Craig Von Busick, who is the author of the brand new book, I Am Cyrus, the epic story of prophecy fulfilled. Uh, I Am Cyrus, Harry S. Truman, and the Rebirth of Israel. By the way, you can get it on Amazon. If you go there, you can check it out. Um, you can read the reviews. You can learn more about it. And uh, this is going to be a completely fascinating interview, in my opinion, Um it will build your faith for sure. And I'm look, I'm totally looking forward to it. I, I think that anything I can learn about the history of how Israel came back to, into to the world's being, totally cool. Um, and there's a lot going on in Israel right now. And um, anyway, I uh, want you to know that... Uh, um, I just got a message from somebody who I love deeply. Um, Anyway, (laughs) anyway, if you want to build your faith, learn about Israel. So join us tomorrow night for that. Okay. All right. And do you have anything else you want to share? I mean, because we're going to end early. I'm good. Unless you want to talk for the next nine minutes. I'm good with... You going to fix your hair? hair, Yeah. Yeah. Just with the strands hanging in the middle. It just feels weird. Anyway, I should probably get my hair cut tomorrow. Well, actually, all of them. Especially these ones right here in the middle here that I'm trying to... Anyway. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. A second is up. So, wait. So, basically... So, basically... You need to get this haircut here. Like, right there. Like, that one right there. Okay. Is that it? I don't know. <laughs> You know how old we look together? Like, I mean, look at my hair. My hair completely is like about way, the color of mine. It's way more white than yours, actually. I have a lot more mm. than you do. Yeah. But we do look old, don't we now? Yeah, because we, we we are aging. Mm-hmm. Especially you. Especially me. They can't hear you that well, just so you know. <laughs> now look at my hair. It's all standing up. We got these wings on the top of my head. For those of you who ever wondered if we're in the same house, we are. 
same room. <laughs> Although there's a number of you that have been to my house, so just saying, it's a, uh, you know. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. I could do over Randall for the next, what, seven minutes? Good. I could, but, but um, who wants yeah, I don't, to really? I mean. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, seven minutes. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have much to go there. So what? No, okay. Well, one other thing I should I should tell you people. <clears throat> people, people, people. Um, Randall does video for his job, his company. If you guys happen to know anybody that needs any video made. Contact us so that Bareface can give him a quote. Not just any video talk, made. Well, just, you know, so that Bareface can talk to him and, you know, and all. You I'm never know. I can do ask, pretty much anything, but. Ask and you may receive, right? But, Maybe. yeah, worth talking about. If you like the closing music on this show, it's Bareface that wrote it. Yeah, the opening, too. And the opening. Just not, so not the John Waller tune after uh, the intro, but the intro. Right. The intro and the outro. Yep. Yep, kind of a renaissance man in a way. Yep. At least in the world of fine arts. So any comments or questions before we leave? I know that a couple of you might have a comment or question. I know today is National Read a Book Day, I think is what we the hashtag is, right? Yeah, I've only read one book today, not entirely, but I've read from one book today. Yeah. No, that's not true, too. Two books today. Have any of you read a book today? To fulfill National Read a Book Day? No. I'm not seeing much interaction, which means we probably put y'all to sleep. Yeah, we have. And uh, it just appears that you're pretending to watch because you probably have us muted and you're probably in another room right now doing something different, like watching ABC News or something. <laughs> Barb asks, uh, did you get a package? And uh, where in the world are you guys generally? An undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee. We're in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, which is pretty much in the middle of it's, the state of Tennessee. It's literally in Tennessee, in the middle of Tennessee. Yeah, um, and I think um, I did not get a pack. I mean, I got a package from some publishers today, but other than that, no. I love the outro. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we're in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, we are. Uh, I was just looking at the map yesterday, and I think we're like in the like. The middle of Middle Tennessee. Like the city of Spring Hill is pretty much like in the middle of the state. Like if you you look at the north border and the south border, the west and east borders. Of course, the west border is a river and the east border is a mountain line. But well, Randall not a mountain has lion, but a line of other mountains. music online at where is it? Um, most of it's Audio Jungle. Audio Audio Jungle. Uh, audio and, Jungle. And they just search for his net. name. If you want to buy his music, you can get AudioJungle.net. You just can license for, it there. Just look for Randall K. Harp. Yeah. It's meant to be for, you know, visual media, like if you're doing mm-hmm. whatever. Um, well, you can read on yeah. there what the, the music that's available for licensing on Audio Jungle. It's typically people that are, you know, it's production music, as they say. 
but it's awesome. He does some awesome stuff. God has given him such a gift. And that's the thing. You know what? We're, we're tent building here. I mean, this ministry is not funded and supported by a lot of people um, at all. And uh, <laughs> I, I have had so many people, it cracks me up. I've had so many people say, your show really needs to be on regular radio. You need to be on regular TV, etc. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Anybody want to donate a million or a couple of million to us? Feel free. Or we pitch Just it to say. some network and they find the sponsors. But <laughs> um, I think I think our show does need to be there. But I don't think. Um, I don't think anybody would really. It's it's not it's not. It's not your normal it, show. It's it's not it's not friendly for the masses. It's mm. not it's not sanitized for no. Mm-mm. No, I, I'm I'm actually good with uh with um you know. It's some David Brennis Prager's Genesis commentary. He's Jewish. So there is a lack of Christianity but, but it's, it's good a, so far. Yeah. Yeah, 'cause it's Dennis Prager it's, rocks. It's I mean, biblical he's... per se, you know, 'cause it's based in the Hebrew scriptures. Barb says your show is a witness and that is good. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about it today, Barb, and I was thinking about um you know, our show is, is hidden on purpose from all these social media. I mean, I have like almost 6,000 followers on Periscope and barely anybody gets to see it, right? But whatever. You know what? I've come to the conclusion that I don't really care all that much. <laughs> I really don't because, because we're about making disciples, honestly, and growing people in their faith. And, you know... In a couple of weeks, we're going to be going down to the truck stop ministry, Randall and I, and we're going to be ministering to these big rig truck drivers that come into the area. And last time we we were there, we only did it once so far, but last time we were there, there's two men that were there. And we spent four hours with one of them and a couple with the other one. And Randall gave a message. We shared some stuff. We prayed together. Um, and I know that we were there to encourage those people. And... That honestly, you know, some somebody asked me this week, I do this unstuck club call uh, with a group of about six women that are on it. It's completely free. I do it Monday through Thursday. And anybody who is serious about wanting to be on that call and do the work that we do on that call every day that we're on that call is welcome on the call. All you got to do is get in touch with me and I'll put you on the call. But you got to be committed to it. Randall was saying, well, what is it that you're passionate about? doing stuff like that on the call. I didn't become a therapist because I didn't like therapy. Hello. I became a therapist because I like people and I want to help people and encourage them. Um, I do this for the exact same reason. You know, I could, I could get anybody on this show I want. I choose not to have people on this show. I got this, this snarkiest press release for Phil Vischer's uh, latest project. Great project. The guy that he hired to promote him is an idiot. And he sent the most stupidest press release ever. And I and I wrote the guy back and I thought, are you trying to be funny or sound arrogant in this press release? Because you're sounding like both, you know? I mean, it's just like, oh, what the hell are you thinking? You know, do you not even know how to pitch an A-list guest like that guy? I mean, by the way, if you don't know who Phil Vischer is, he's one of the creators of Veggie Tales. Mike Naraki um, has been on our program a couple of times in the past, he plays Larry the Cucumber, in case you didn't know. But anyway, my point is, 
that I don't have people on because I really give a crap all that much about those people. I care about the message and using it as bait to get other people, you know, to come to the Lord, to read, you know, to get them interested in biblical things because people are interested. People are interested in the Lord, in the Bible. They want answers, but there's there's so few people that will actually just say, all right, well, here's what the Bible says. Let's look at it and try to get it, right? And live a life that's worthy of, of that life, right? Does it mean we're perfect? Heck no. <laughs> Does it mean we're honest and sincere? Yes. You know, anybody that wants to find fault with me can go for it. I don't care. I've had so many people insult me in 15 years. No big deal. But one thing you can count on is that I'm always going to be real with you. And I think that's why we've been able to be on for so long. Because a lot of people, I've seen people come and go. I look at people who proclaim that they're podcasters and experts and they've been doing it three years or one year or two years. And I'm like, you don't know anything. You don't know squat about how to keep an audience. You don't know squat about how to engage an audience. Um, you might know how to raise money, but that's it. That's not my God, though. Not money. God can give me any money he wants at any time. But the people he puts in the path of this show are here for a reason. And I see themes throughout the time I've been doing this. And the most exciting thing about it is watching people grow in their, their faith. So with that, that's what I'll say. And I'll say, have a good night. I hope you have a good day tomorrow. Um, pray for us. We need it. Um, remember, be bold. Stand up and go with God, people. Read Acts 4 all by yourself because <laughs> he loves you. Okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow.